been in the game for over two decades, working with gangs, addiction, and mental health. And over the course of time, what I've learned is, sometimes you have to journey through the dark to find your way into the light. And now, we're gonna talk about it. Would you please join us for the movement of Mongo? All right, gather together from the four corners of the planet rock that we call Earth. You know what it is. You know who it is. It's your man, 50 Grand, the M O N G O, <laughs> aka known as Mr. Maui, aka known as Omega Supreme, aka known as Manjeezy, aka Congo. I've got the hottest show in the state of in all of America today. I have spared no expense bringing you in the top guests that you're ever going to get for those parents out there because we deal with this every week we are talking to families we're talking to people who are dealing with issues all over the spectrum one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is healing as the show comes on you know it says if uh sometimes you have to get you have to journey through the darkness mm -hmm. to find your way into the light this is one of those shows that that's going to actually be relevant in. This show right here is the one that you need to see. We deal with addiction. We deal with depression. We deal with everything that you could possibly think of. Schizophrenia, um, bipolar disorder. But today we're going to be talking about something that's going to be a little different for many of those fans who watch our show and who listen to it on Spotify, Amazon, etc. We're going to be dealing with something that a lot of families are sidetracked with because when it hits, you never even know it's taking place until it's gone into a serious phase. I spared no expense in bringing you that guest. Straight in from the planet Vulcan, I have brought you one of the best guests that you'll ever have. When we talk about healing and embracing power and getting energy back, this guest has done that. I want you guys, when you listen to this one, to please let this be one of those templates for you to talk to your children, talk to family members about after it's over. Remember, this show is about hope. It's about belief and it's about faith. And if, when this show is over, we want to make sure that those things are building up in your life. With no further ado, my special guest today is the incomparable, the infallible, the one, the only Annie Spence. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I know. All of that tomfoolery just... <laughs> I wanted to know what my planet was. <laughs> all of that tomfoolery just to introduce you. Thank Annie, you. for those who don't know, first of all, you look great. Thank you. She's straightened her hair. She's got naturally curly hair. Some of the curliest yesterday. hair you've ever seen. Beautiful. But she straightened it and it worked. It looks thank great. You. It, it really does. It was yesterday. This is how I warmed myself up. How are you feeling today? I feel good. You look good. I'm excited to be here. I feel your energy. Thank you. I feel your energy. Are you ready to tell your story? You've I got a am. powerful story. Yeah. What do you do right now for a living? I know that you work in mental health. Mm -hmm. What do you do in mental health? So I am an LPC candidate. So basically licensed professional counselor. Mm -hmm. Just getting my hours done so I can get that silly piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> That says I did it. <laughs> that piece of paper is power. 
<laughs> it is. Okay. Before we get started in talking about where you're at now, what I want to touch on first is our interaction. We mm-hmm. were in a cafeteria kind of talking, mm-hmm. and you had listened to the podcast, God. and you mentioned, I have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. You did. Yeah. When I remember you, that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you brought it up, I would have never thought that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me this. Before I bring up, say the term, mm-hmm. eating disorder. Mm-hmm. When I say that, what pops in your head automatically? Different me. Different you. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. It feels like it was a lifetime ago. Wow. And how far, far away was it before you got that power back and started managing it? How far back was it? Mm-hmm. I'm coming up on 10 years. That's living in recovery. Time. That's yeah. a lifetime. Um, but I would say nine and a half. Wow. I mean, after I, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, but it was pretty soon after I started living in recovery where it was like, no, no. Yeah. I think one of the things that intrigued me about the story is, as you can see, I'm 300 plus pounds, so I haven't missed any meals. <laughs> <laughs> and the ones you missed, yeah. the ones that you lost, uh-huh. I probably yep, found. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I probably found. Uh-huh. This is not a joking matter, no. but I want to make sure that we have some, some levity yep. and some balance to it. Yep. Because I want that hope to show. Mm-hmm. What do you think got you headed down that way? What was one of the things or what was a number of things that started that that to being something because it's like frogs. Have you ever heard of the? If you put a frog in hot water, it jumps mm-hmm. out. You put it in cold water, it jumps out. But if you put it in lukewarm water, for those who are out there and don't know this, you put it in lukewarm water, it'll lay there like it's in a bath, and it'll just be comfortable. And you can turn that water up on the frog and boil it to death. Mm-hmm. Same thing happens in addiction. Nobody dreams of being a drug addict. Nobody dreams of being depressed. It happens over the course of time. You become comfortable, and one day before you know it, I'm in that. And so I don't think it just happened one day. No. You know, how did this progression start? I like that you started off with that because I remember I was probably 10 or 11, mm-hmm. and I heard this commercial on the radio. And the, the only part I really remember about it was someone said, like, I will never be one of those girls that drinks like a big lemonade and eats three Tic Tacs a day and says, oh, that's my meal. And I remember thinking, yes, that's me. Like, I never want to be one of those girls. Yeah. So like starting out, like in my life when I was a kid, like this was not a thing. Right. And then it developed. So I like that you started out with that because it, it resonated with me. How was the progression? I mean, because there has to be a moment when you're, you're, you know, some of the things that you hear in these situations, uh, you're out with friends, you're eating a meal, and it's like, no, 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 I'll just have a salad. You know, one of those, uh, or we start counting calories. How did yours get from regular eating habits into something that was... Um, so, just to give a little bit of a backstory, growing up, I would say a lot of comments were made about my looks and about um, how members of the opposite sex 
mm-hmm. were attracted to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it almost felt a little bit like that's what kind of defined my worth as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you're, you're young, you don't think mm-hmm. that, oh, whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They like me, they don't like me, whatever. Yeah. I didn't realize how much of an impact it actually had. Yeah. And I remember being in middle school and um, just feeling very uncomfortable in my own skin. You yeah. know, I looked a little bit different than a lot of the other girls that were in my grade. All these guys liked them. They all wanted to date them. Okay, now but now you're you're stepping into something. What does that look? Because you look like the contemporary mm-hmm. uh, American mm-hmm. female. What yeah. is the look that we're talking about? Just based on my genetics, as in middle school, I was more developed than other girls. Okay. So my body looked a little bit different. Yeah. And a lot of the girls that I went to school with, they were blonde, super tan skin. Like when we were in middle school, stick thin. I got you. And that's what all the guys seemed to gravitate towards. Um, And so that left me kind of feeling a little bit insecure in my own skin. You know, why doesn't anyone want to date me? As well as it should. Yeah. Which, you know, and if you're watching, if you're watching news uh, segments right now, there's a huge thing on Facebook, Instagram, and some of the whistleblowers who are talking about how it's designed to make women in general uh, from uh, adolescents you know, teenagers on up yeah. insecure about mm-hmm. what the expectation of their look. Yeah. And so you were caught up in that. Absolutely. I was. Okay. Um, and so I think a lot of, for me, middle school and high school was trying to cover up that insecurity. Yeah. And so I found myself um, getting involved in cheerleading. Mm-hmm. Peppy, happy. <laughs> well, and you know, to me, that almost seems like that's going backwards. Uh-huh. Because if you're dealing with cheerleaders, now you're dealing with a group of girls who are going to be kind of that that mold set for blonde hair, blue eyed, yeah. uh, thin, jumping, leaping. And so now you're perfect. That's right. And now you're in that world. Mm -hmm. And man, it felt so good. Now, why did it feel good? Because I felt like I had achieved something based right exactly off of what you were saying. Oh, I'm one of those girls now. You're one of those. Yes. You're in the group, in the sorority. Yes. And so, I mean, we would go to practice all the time. And I mean, two, three hours every single day Mm -hmm. you're working out. And I started losing weight and I loved it. I did notice, like, this was kind of my freshman year of high school, and a lot of guys did give me attention. Wow. Okay. Annie, you look so nice. Oh, my gosh, here's a dance coming up. Let yeah. me let me ask you out. Yeah. This dance. And it felt so good. Of course it does. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter if, if it's Annie or Marquise nope. or Tammy. Nope. Everybody wants to feel like they're part of something and that somebody has a value for them of some kind or some type of validation. Yeah. Incredible. So I think that really fueled it for me. Yes. Um, what were your eating habits like during this time? Nothing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I would take I would take granola bars and I would cut them up into itty bitty pieces, like thirty little, like itty bitty squares, like little bites, and I'd eat two of them, and that would be my meal for the day. Or okay, let me let me stop. Mm-hmm. Because I want to make sure I'm hearing this right. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a granola bar yeah. that's about that size there mm-hmm. that come in the little green packages. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might eat 30 of those in a day. I, know, they're good. <laughs> I can say that you, now. They are you, good. you would cut those up mm-hmm. 
into segments. Yeah, and I mean, there was it was so calculated. Like I would look at the back and I would see how many calories it was. Yeah, and I divide that by however many you know, okay, what's half of this? Then what's a fourth of this? Then what's an eighth of this? And that's how many I would decide I wanted to cut up. And so the goal was to eat as few calories as I could every single day. Annie, how are you alive at this point? Because to be able to eat two of those, you you would have to be having, uh, you know, and I'm not a doctor, but you'd have to be having some type of health issues with how you're feeling, just having energy every day, just being able to get up and function. I mean, how was that working? It, it was pure adrenaline. Wow. Pure adrenaline. Wow. I would, um, I'd go to school, and not really when we were practicing as much, but like definitely in the off season, I'd go to school, come home, sleep through the afternoon and evening. Because I had nothing. That se- but that seems about right. Mm-hmm. That seems like you're just crashing yeah. when you come in. You know, to the parents who are out there right now who are listening to this, um, you know what's amazing, Annie, and we both work in mental health. This is the, these are the same signals that you see and hear from everything. Come home, sleep all day. It wouldn't matter if it was dealing with an eating disorder, addiction, if you were dealing with depression, all of those things start to show themselves. And so those are signs that you need to look for that maybe you need to have an open conversation with your child if you're out there. Mm-hmm. Remember, this episode is for healing. It's not as a reminder of what used to be, but it's letting us know where we've come from. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. So when did when did it become, I mean, because at this point, it's got to be noticeable. When did it become a notice to the family? I think probably about my sophomore year of high school. My parents had done a lot of research, and I, I remember them kind of coming to me and saying, are, are you dealing with this? Like, this, you're showing a lot of these same behaviors. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not dealing with that. And did they say eating disorder specifically? Mm-hmm. They were like, we, we really think you may be anorexic. No, no, I'm, I'm not anorexic. The You've got to be kidding me. No. Right. Like, how dare you say that about me? Uh, exactly. Exactly. So you went into that phase. You were defensive. It was like, I can't believe you would yeah. even say that about me. I get it. I was angry. I yeah. think that's, you know, they, they call, what do they call it in grad school? They call bulimia kind of the gateway eating disorder. But they talk about how anorexia was really severe. Like it was really about anger underneath. And I think I was, I think I was angry that people were calling me on it. I think I was angry that, you know, I had to fit into this mold in order to be perceived as attractive Mm -hmm. or to be wanted. Yeah. Um, I was angry with myself for what I was doing to myself. Yes. And I just, I didn't know how to to handle it. And how could you? No. I mean, you're as a developing teenager, going through all of those things and being highly intellectual. You know, you're already smarter on a level probably than most of the kids that you're dealing with. You're processing this stuff every day. And the answer is blonde hair, blue eyes. The answer is be thinner. The answer is, hey, those are the ones that are on TikTok. Those are the ones that are on Instagram. Those are the ones that are models. What are you supposed to do at this point? I have a question and I'm, and I, gosh, I really, um, you mind answering one question? And tell me this. Um, when do you think you suspected? I was pretty blindsided, and actually I received a phone 
Really? Sophomore year, yeah. Sophomore year. And when you started watching, then did it start making sense or did the pieces start falling together? It, it became pretty obvious. I just, just kept thinking of her as well. Yeah. Wow. Was that a matter of months or just, I mean, it just, boom, it's right there in your face. It was probably some, some months. I began to really kind of watch her activity. Gotcha. What was the first thing, and forgive me, <laughs> I know you're sitting over there, but we have access to this world. When was the first time you said, yeah, this cheer coach is right? Not, not only would she cut those granola bars up, she would hide them. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she would hide them and get down like crouched down really low and hide to eat them. Now, why? Why that? Because you're already not eating food. It's right. not like, it's not like you're my size and somebody is telling you, hey, Here. you had too much to eat and I'm sneaking <laughs> fine, potato it's chips. It's, it's like, why are we, why did we get to that? Yeah. Why, did we, why were you sneaking now, I'm, I'm going to analyze a little bit, but I, looking back on it, I think it was my anger and it was translating into shame for me. And wow. I was so shameful of eating because I was so angry inside and I didn't know what to do with it. Wow. And if you look at that body language, like that body language communicates shame. Like yeah. I'm going to hunch over, I'm going to hide. And literally you are physically dying at this point. You, I mean, Slow if you're eating a sliver of granola bar twice a day, not the, even the whole granola bar, a yeah. sliver of granola bar, how can you live? Did you ever pass out at school? Did you ever pass out during activities? Thankfully not, no. Man, I was tired all the time. But it was just, I'm going to um, try to appear like everything's perfect. Yeah. Because I need you to accept me. Because I can't accept myself. Wow. When did you get called on the carpet? When did they say, you want to get help? When did we get to that stage? Because right now you're managing Mm -hmm. You're managing this, and as I listen to this, I'm blown away. You haven't even you haven't even passed out. You haven't been taken to the hospital for dehydration. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how you did this. Only the grace. I'm saying this because I'm a true believer, and those who watch the show know the living God is real, and so I, I'm not ashamed of that. Yeah. God kept you in His protective hedge because mm -hmm. on paper, I I, I don't think I would be sense. here eating a sliver, uh, two slivers of granola bar every day. No. It was only by his grace. Wow. And there's a purpose in it. So when did you get to that point where it was like family saying, okay, this is too much? So we're going to fast forward a bit um, into at the end of my freshman year of college. No, wait a minute. So mm -hmm. I want to make sure I have this right. We go from sophomore year when it becomes an issue, freshman year. We're talking about four years. Mm-hmm. You have survived this. I need to be clear. There was a year or two in there where I did much better. Okay. Okay. So, but it, it still was on, it wasn't as healthy as it should have been, but I was definitely consuming more food to keep me going. Okay. So it was kind of an on and off thing. Kind of a roller coaster up yep. and down, up and down. Yeah. Um, were any of those motivated by relationships? Yes. And of course. Mm -hmm. And so how you appeared to that guy 
or whoever you're dating at that point, that was kind of influencing how you felt you should yes. be looking. Yeah. Wow. Yep. As I told you before we started, I was bringing you a show straight from the planet Vulcan, straight from the planet Mars right here in Living Color. I've got Annie Spencer. We're going to take a break for right now. And for this segment of the Movement with Mongo, we wanted to make sure if you are hearing any of the things that you hear on this show if, as, a, as a mom, as a dad, as a family friend, if you are seeing any of these signs, it may not be an eating disorder. It could be addiction. It could be severe depression. But this is where you have to start investigating and asking questions. Once again, we say it every week. Sometimes you have to journey through the dark to find your way into the light. This is The Movement with Mongo. 